This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. That's theropetrainer.com, and as my friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. So you check out The Rope Trainer today. Congratulations, by the way, to the guys over at The Rope Trainer. They are in uh, one of my favorite places to attend some of the best tournaments in the country, and that's Lake Point in Atlanta. If uh, I always say, if, if your son ever has an opportunity to play baseball there, it's an unbelievable facility. There's unbelievable baseball going on there. Um, just an amazing place, and now uh, the rope trainer and its prominence have grown to that stature. Um, again, it's a quality product made by quality people, done for the right reasons, and now backed up with uh, the scientific data to show that if you don't have a rope trainer in your bag or in your bullpen, you're doing yourself a disservice and your kids. So make sure you check out the rope trainer today. Um, you know, kind of um, looking at baseball, my, my son's high school season just ended, And it got me thinking back to the days when we coached youth baseball. And youth baseball starts, um, you know, kind of after the high school season. In the Midwest because of the weather, right? Like high school has to start early because they have to get the games in so they deal with weather. But most of the people around here really get their season going April 1st. You get some people playing in March. And then obviously the warmer states, you know, you start going around. But you start thinking about it. And and really you're kind of at a point right now where you're looking at it, and a lot of people's seasons are half over, if not more than half over. So I started thinking about the days of um, the days of, of youth baseball and kind of where your mindset was at this juncture in the season. And, you know, we've talked a lot about different things the last few weeks and, you know, and mindsets and things like that. And this one was always an interesting one for me. And the reason I, I, I brought up today's I'm, I'm going to bring up today's conversation is because, you know, as you all know, I'm a commissioner in a select baseball league, and um, it, it kills me. It doesn't kill me. I guess that was, a bad, that was a bad choice of words. It always interests me when we get the first organization, quote-unquote, club, to send us a email asking if they can post their tryouts. And I used to sit here and go – man, the season's not even over yet and you're wanting to post tryouts. And then it was, it started earlier and earlier and earlier. And then it's like, it was the race to see who could have the first tryouts. And, but, you know, in all reality, I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, like most sports, when you get about halfway done, people are forming opinions, parents, kids, coaches, on how the season's going and, and in relative terms, where they go from here. It, it's kind of hard to look at youth baseball anymore as in the moment because, you know, it's been infiltrated by tryouts and training and all these things, right? Some of it good, some of it bad. We know that, right? We're not stupid. But it got me wondering, like, so whether you're the coach, the parent, or the player, and if you're halfway through and whether you're having a great time, a miserable time, you're enjoying it, you're not enjoying you know, you feel like you're getting better, you're not getting better, whatever that is, you know, what is it that's making you feel the way you feel right now and how are you reacting to it and how will you handle it? Because the truth of the matter is a lot of the people – that will be changing teams for one reason or another have probably already made that decision by now because they didn't they don't like the way things are going they feel like their son is 
his uh, talent level it, it can go either way. There, his talent level is either above where that team is, and he doesn't see him benefiting him, or maybe this team's too good, and he's not fitting into the mix, and needs to take a step back. Whatever it is, so it's always made me wonder at what point are decisions made. You know, coaches same way. I mean, I just don't see this kid moving forward with us. And if you're that type of team or if or if you're more like us and you're like, well, I'm not going to cut him, but, man, he's really struggling and he's miserable and he hates it and I need to have a tough conversation with the parents. Are they making him come? So a lot of these types of things. And then the X factor is always the kid, right, because – what do the kids really tell us? Do they tell us everything? Are they quiet? Do they not tell us? Are they are they doing it to make mom and dad happy? Are they do they have a false sense of understanding of what's really involved here? Are they aware of the commitment level? All these things come into play, and you're looking at it right now, X amount of weeks into the season with X amount to go. The time factor, and people say, well, the season's not even over yet. Yeah, but the problem is, like I just told you, everybody's already releasing tryout information, so people are already thinking. Don't think for one minute that there aren't multiple parents who do this together for rides and because they like to be around certain people aren't having conversations over an adult beverage going, well, what do we want to do next year? Do we want to try to go somewhere else? Do we want to do this? You know, Do we want to talk to the coach and tell him that if he doesn't improve the team, we're going to leave because we're the best players? Or, you know what, maybe we're going to have to split up. It's been nice being together all this time, but your son's clearly – really improved my son has not and this has become really hard on him we're gonna have to talk these are the types of things that are happening right now behind the scenes and it happens with coaches and players too so it got me wondering what are you looking at as far as what things are making you go one way or the other when it comes to how you're feeling about your season so i wanted to talk a little bit about that today um, before we get into the conversation, obviously we'll remind you who we are. Check out Youth Baseball Talk, youthbaseballtalk.com. It's our website. Multiple things you can do there. Subscribe to the show. Um, that's absolutely free, and you get the notification each time the show's out, of course. Uh, the other thing you can do there that really helps the show, and some of you are doing it, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it, do your Amazon shopping through youthbaseballtalk.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Um we get a very small referral. helps us with our production costs. It is very appreciated. And, again, if you can spread the word on that, we would thank you so much. Again, doesn't cost you anything extra. And once you click uh, the Amazon banner, it's on the right, down a little bit on your computers. It's all the way down on your mobile device. Once you click it, you're done with us, and it doesn't cost you anything. You shop like you normally do. And, again, we get a very small referral. Thank you. Uh, social media, um, we really appreciate all of the follows, all of the content, all of the sharing. At Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. Um, our ask is that you like our, our Twitter page. If we can tell that you're involved in this wonderful game of baseball, in any capacity, we're going to follow you back. Uh, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. Um, simply go to Facebook. In the search bar, type in Youth Baseball Talk. You'll find our page. Our ask is that you follow us on Facebook and then click Invite Your Friends. And any friends, family, anything that's involved in this wonderful game, if you would invite them to like the page as well, we'd appreciate it greatly. Uh, Youth Baseball Talk on Instagram as well. You can also find us through lineupmedia.fm, the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Now home to Yo Radio, the newest internet radio sensation. Um, you know, you're seeing more and more of these pop up. This one's fantastic. They've got new stations coming on every day. Uh, we're getting a lot of great reviews on it. I think you guys will find that it's uh, it's very entertaining. They take your entertainment time very seriously over at uh, Lineup Media and, of course, now Yo Radio. Go to the App Store, download Yo Radio, leave them a review if you're enjoying it. They would greatly appreciate it. They're well, they're they are well deserving 
of your time and energy and effort. So again, that's Yo Radio. Check it out. It is free. And, and again, I'm, I'm really liking it, the, the streaming of the music. Lots of big things in store for them, too, with a lot of lot of uh, entertainers, and that will be having stations on there. It's Again, it's just fun stuff, and, and I'm enjoying it greatly. Um, you know, you guys heard uh, heard me mention uh, the Rope Trainer. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have uh, all those guys involved in the show, whether it be Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, um, John Smoltz as well, some of the people they have involved in that wonderful product. Each week you hear uh, my friend and yours, uh, Kurt McNabb, as he brings you the Rope Report. Uh, this week we're going to highlight, uh, first off, we're going to go to our, my friends, uh, precisionimpact.ca out of, uh, out of Canada, the wonderful uh, product company. Um, the sand balls that you guys see and use quite often, they're very famous for those and, and can help you get those. Again, very streamlined, automated outfit, okay, third party out, everything, keeps the cost down, lets them focus on just a few products. They take your stuff to heart. 2018, their goal is to create a community of, of just awareness of what's going on with baseball and communication. So make sure you check them out on Facebook. Um, you know, their, their new Twitter, you know, they're, they're starting to get involved in that as well. Get involved with it, guys. Again, quality products, affordable prices. And uh, currently, when you're checking out at precisionimpact.ca, uh, when you get to the coupon area, if you put in Youth Baseball Talk, you receive an additional 10%. I know people are enjoying the stuff that's coming from Dirk Dombrowski from Precision Impact. Let's hear what he has first this week as we highlight Precision Impact uh, with our lead-in. Take it away, Dirk. Hi everyone, welcome to Precision Impact. And on today's Impact Rundown, we're gonna talk about mental toughness. I get asked quite a bit, mostly by pitchers, about mental toughness and how can they work on it? How can they get better at it? And it's difficult. It's a lot like a muscle. The more you work at it, the stronger you get at it. A little bit like being a leader, people aren't always natural leaders. They have to work at it a lot like a muscle and they will eventually get better at it. Mental toughness is obviously starting within the mind and belief. Belief that you deserve to be playing where you are, that you are as good as you believe you are, but it has to start with that initial belief. Doubt will obviously cloud that and make you second guess some of the decisions you're making and some of the actions that you're taking, especially in game. Too many times people have shreds of doubt and it's okay, but you have to believe more than you doubt. Too many times players are up there and they see a big burly hitter and pitchers will start pitching around despite just if had they gone right after this guy and challenged him right off the bat, they would find success. So a lot of the time with a bit of lack of mental toughness and a some doubt, we are a little bit of our own undoing, especially as a pitcher. It's not for everyone. In order to be a great pitcher, you have to have that mental toughness that far exceeds a lot of other pitchers. That's what will make you a strong commodity, a very valuable asset to your team, and get you to that next level or move yourself up into the rotation. Some things you can work on in terms of mental toughness is some readings. There are a lot of great leadership and mental toughness books out there that might start jogging your perception of what it means to be a leader or mentally tough. Maybe it's some videos. There's going to be a lot of people who talk about this subject. Perhaps it's talking with other athletes or other pitchers who are extremely mentally tough. Football players, for example, have got to be mental tough. A large part of football, other than the physical contact, is mentally tough. There are a ton of sports out there that you could talk to or players that you could talk to that could shed some light, at least a little bit of their perspective on what it means to be mentally tough. Talk with your coach and see what their perspective of mental toughness is. It's an accumulation of other sports, 
books, resources, videos, and players and people that can help you become more mentally tough. It's not one thing. The one thing you need to know about mental tough is that there is not just one thing. There are accumulated things that are gonna help you become tougher. And when you start becoming mentally tough, you might see some huge improvements in your performance, which means you don't have to spend so much time on the mechanical aspect or maybe even the physical aspect of it. A lot of athletes, as they get older and they're playing at the higher levels, but they seem to struggle a little bit, it's a lot of mental toughness. Once they can master that, they're gonna start realizing that they have all the skills and talent that they need. They just have to have that mental aptitude to be able to apply it to every game. And most importantly, remain consistent with that behavior and that thought process. And so that they can perform consistently on a regular basis. I find that when I have mental uh, toughness problems, I revert back to some of the things that make me mentally tough whether it be having conversations with people that are extremely positive or extremely mentally tough, or maybe it's reviewing a few videos that I personally really like about mental toughness or reading some really good books about leadership and mental toughness. All those things really re-solidify and really encourage all my mental toughness. There's gonna to be lapses. There's probably gonna be more days where you feel really beat down than the days that you feel really pumped up. And it's what you do on those days that you feel beat down is what's gonna make you a mentally tough player. You might not always have your A game stuff or some of your best command, but it's important that you find a way of getting that job done regardless, finding an extra gear, being mentally tough. It's that one mental aspect that despite being a little bit tired or a bit sore that can get you through some of these innings, some of these at bats, some of these pitches. Too many times people blame it on their mechanics or they blame it on something else. Those people are not mentally tough. They're looking for excuses. We call them reasons, but they barrel down to excuses. We need to start looking for solutions and it starts with some of our mental side of things. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's rundown, please leave a comment down below. Thanks. That's good. I love it. Um, again, people are really enjoying Dirk. I get a lot of stuff on him from time to time. You know, the speech, uh, people are loving giving that speech he gave to their their teams and feeling like it's helped them a lot. And again, the products are quality. Um, second to none, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to feel like you got your money's worth. Again, that's precisionimpact.ca. Don't forget the coupon area. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. I know you guys will be happy you did. Again, who doesn't want to save 10%? Um going to move into the conversation this week before we hear from Kurt McNabb with the Rope Report and, of course, from Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Um, again, uh, some of the things that I think about, I never went through it really um, that often from year to year. It was never a thing for me as far as my own kids were concerned. I mean, I knew they were going to play for me. Um, but I will say that when my older son had some of the year, you heard us talk about it, when last week when when he had some struggles i wondered if this was too much for him and you know he always committed himself to working harder it's hard to tell a kid you're going to pull him from something when he wants to work at it um you know we had a nice situation it wasn't yeah there were tryouts and yeah sometimes people were moved and changed but it wasn't what i would call and i use this term loosely because it means something a little bit different to everybody and that's the term cutthroat um you know, there are what I would call cutthroat situations around us everywhere. Um, and again, I, I don't have a problem with those because 
typically you know about it going in. Like these larger programs, I mean, you basically go try out, and then they they put you on teams based on your skill and your ability and where you play and how. And you know, and obviously, the older you get, it changes the philosophy. But the truth of the matter is, as long as everybody's upfront and honest about it, and you understand it. I mean, I used to have a friend that said that he always told everybody, look, everything's year to year. You treat us like we're year to year, right? He used to say this. He's like, you tell me that every year when I signed up for this that I have to try out, my kid has to try out, right? And our guy's like, well, yeah, that's our policy. And he says, okay, well, I treat you like it's year to year. You know, because everybody always be like, well, of course we're coming back if, you, if we make it. And he's like, I don't know. They treat us year to year. I'm going to treat the organization year to year. If I don't like the way the organization is doing things, if I don't like the way I think they're 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 working the kids, if I, I'll just go somewhere else too because it's not all one sided. So don't ever forget that. I thought it was one of the greatest things because I always thought you know he played. It was a good organization, like really churned out a lot of good teams. But like he said, in the end, I have to worry about my kid. I you know winning's great. But ultimately, do I want to be on a team that wins, or do I want to be in a situation where my kid has the opportunity to keep getting better and opportunities and things like that? Lots of things to take into consideration here. I think a lot of teams that are good are surprised when kids leave. You know, I think it surprises them. Well, the problem is is that it means something different to everybody. So that's why I ask you, what are you looking at? Are you sitting there going, well, my son is typically never plays what I would call, and again, this is another loose term that means something different to everybody. Does my son play a core position? Does he get the opportunity to pitch? Um, does he bat in the top of the lineup? Does he is he asked to bunt a lot versus get to swing? I mean, there's all kinds of things that affect everybody differently. Um, you know, I, I had somebody say one time, "Look, I know my son's not one of the best players on the team. I know he typically shares time at positions and is on the bench half the time and in the field half the time." Um, you know, but as long as they're batting the lineup and he's getting some playing time, I love the way we practice and train. And my hope is, is that he will get good enough someday that he can become a full-time type player. So, again, it means something different to everybody. And on the same team, another person in the exact same boat said, while all that is true, my kid wants to play. So if he needs to go to a team that's not as good so that he can play every inning, then I'm going to go. Well, what's interesting about that is, is I have, you know, I'm not going to name names, but those two people, their their path went the complete opposite of the way they thought it would. Unfortunately for the one kid, he just never got it, right? And then he wound up quitting. And I think the dad had told me one time, I wish I'd have pulled him back and just let him play baseball on a team where he could play all the time and it didn't matter. But he didn't know then, right? And the other guy, you know, he pulled, went down there, played every game, and his kid wound up being a player. I mean, is there any rhyme or reason to it? Who knows? I've said it all the time. There are no guarantees. You don't know for sure. Again, I think the question you really got to ask yourself is, why are we doing this? What's my son's thoughts on all this? And again, the hard part here is is that a lot of people say, oh, well, I always take my kids uh, what what they want. But but are you planning things in their head? You know what I mean? You know what? Listen, a kid wants to play. Okay, a kid wants to play. No doubt about it. A kid wants to play. They also probably want to play with their friends. I had asked my son the last year I coached him because he was a play down if he wanted to start playing for the St. Louis Pirates a year early and just get that process going. And he said, no, why would I do that? And I said, well, I mean, you know, the kids in your grade, da, da, da. And he said, listen, soon enough I won't be around. These are my boys. These are my friends. I want to play. I want to. 
we have a good team. I want to play for you one more year, which was probably a lie as I laugh about it now. But, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, he, he, he liked his team. He liked being around his friends. We had a nice situation. He didn't need an any nicer situation, an even better situation. He had all he needed and all he wanted. So I had to take that into account. Sometimes what they want and what they need are two different things, too. So that's always a slippery slope, you know. Uh, is it right for a kid that wants to be on a team with his friends but never plays? You know, that's a tough one for parents because if you pull him, does it become miserable and he goes and plays for another team? Maybe that team's not very good and they lose all the time. His friends aren't around. He loses interest. It's a tough thing. There are no guarantees in this. That's why I always say you better enjoy what you're doing at that time. If your experience is not enjoyable, then you have a real problem. I know a lot of people that have nice experiences that create more problems than they need to create for themselves by overanalyzing it, by overthinking it. If you're, if listen, I always say this: if you have a great situation, why would you change it? Why would you change it? Especially at the youth level, I can see when you get into high school and things start to identify themselves a little bit. But at the youth level, there's as many good players around here that have come from teams that weren't the quote unquote best teams around as there are from the teams that were the best. I mean, it's probably, it's about 50-50, I would think. A lot of it's personal desire, and what are you going to do? There's all, Believe me, there's no shortage of training out there. You can play on a quote-unquote middle-of-the-pack team, and if you have desire and energy and effort, you can go get some training somewhere and be the best player you can be that way. I mean, there's no shortage of it, right? So, again, I always say ask yourself, Am I making decisions on how I feel about this for the right reasons? It's real easy to sit there and go, well, yeah, this sucks. My kid doesn't play. Well, okay, have you looked at your kid? Have you had, Has your kid had a, had a conversation with the coach? Have you had a private, away from everybody conversation with the coach saying, what are you seeing that is, is telling you that he's not a kid that should play more? And you as a coach, do you have it in you to be honest with people? Because you have to be if you choose to take that title. The, I've said this a hundred times over. The hardest part of coaching is being honest with people because sometimes you have to tell them things you don't want to tell them. That's the hard part. Looking at a good family with a good kid that all he wants to do is play baseball and say, he just, he can't do the things that the other kids can do right now. And we're going to keep working with him and we're going to keep giving him opportunities. But right now he just can't do it. That's really hard to do. I've had to have those conversations a couple times, and they sucked. Let me tell you that for sure. But we had a kid on our team. I say it all the time on my younger son's team. We had a kid that we had to have that conversation with uh, between 9 and 10 years old. And I'm telling you, he took a step back, and it was the best thing they ever did. That kid now has become a pretty darn good player. But let me tell you something. He showed up and was miserable, would fake injuries, would – this place scared and when I, it just sometimes things work out for the right way that may not have worked out if we wouldn't have handled it by telling the truth we could have come up with all kinds of scenarios and ideas to hide from the truth there but we didn't you know and it worked out does it work out all the time probably not because anytime you have a parent or a player that might be unrealistic and they don't want to hear what you have to say well that's a tough one but again, you signed up for this, so you kind of have to deal with it. I always say it's like the 30,000-pound pink elephant. 
if it you know if it's out in your backyard and way out in the distance you know you can kind of ignore it but if it's in your living room you got to deal with it right well you took this role you got to deal with this and again a lot of it depends on the kid the reaction but when a kid becomes miserable something has to be done one way or the other you know um are you sitting there and thinking um we're not good enough our team isn't good enough well okay that's why aren't you good enough what's the philosophy of the team do you agree with the philosophy of the team i've said that a hundred times over too you know if you're one of these people i always said that i could subject my kids to tryouts i just struggled with it personally when i was the guy that had to be the one doing it and i did it and it was awful 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 let me tell you something if you've never done it and you don't think you ever have to do it i suggest not doing it because let me tell you something uh, there is nothing in the world worse than looking at a bunch of eight-year-old kids or 12-year-old kids 10-year-old kid whatever they are and saying thank you for trying out but you didn't make it (laughs) i mean you know you don't come right out and say you're not good enough okay i (laughs) But that's what it feels like in your heart. It's tough, man. It's tough. And you know what kills me, too, is what I've watched is, especially the soccer community, they've just re, re, just came to the grips with the fact that this is what we do. Tryouts. And they just go from tryout to tryout to tryout to tryout and figure out where they're going to be. Man, that's a tough thing. But, like I said, there's obviously... Much like I said I would do it with my kids, but I don't know that I could be the one doing it. There's obviously a whole bunch of people that have come to grips with this is the way it is. You know? You know, you always got to ask yourself, too, what am I trying out for? That's that whole, is the grass always greener on the other side? So if you sit there, and like I said, like that scenario I just gave you a few minutes ago of, well, this team's not good enough. Well, what's more important, you showing up, and, and winning some games and rattling your cowbell and hooting and hollering or your kid's happiness. Is he getting better? Does he like playing? I mean, and again, a lot of that when a kid says, oh, I want to go to the, a lot of that comes from the parents. Sometimes, I mean, be honest with yourself. So it's a tough one. And like I said, I've always wondered, what are you doing halfway through the season? You know, ask yourself this, you know, would we ever leave? Do we ever, we had a nice situation. We had a lot of people that we never had that concern. But, you know, we did have a player leave us one year, and it was shocking to me why they would leave. I think they were pretty honest, though. I mean, you know, their kid was a play up, but he was one of our best hitters and one of our better pitchers. He was an okay infielder. He was a pretty good outfielder. But she knew that if he went and played his own age group, he'd probably play shortstop every game. And that sure is what he did. So, you know, that is an example. It didn't hold it against them. They did what they thought they had to do. Um, you know, but that's an example. You know, you look at it now and you say, hmm, how did that, you know, that, that set in motion change for everybody involved? And that was an interesting one. Like I said, I when they left, the people that were friends with them of where they'd come from had kind of said, I cannot believe you're going to leave. I mean, your kid bats third every game. He's our number two pitcher. You know, he does play some infield. He starts every game in the outfield. Um, she's like, well, I want him to play. You know, he wants to play shortstop. I want him to play shortstop. He doesn't. You know, he plays some third base on this team. And, 
but he mainly plays outfield. You know, it was one of those deals. But, you know, playing playing infield at practice all the time and trying to get better wasn't good enough. You know, when he did get the opportunities playing games, he just didn't do very well type thing, right? But we still gave him opportunities. So, you know, at some juncture, what's right and wrong? I, I don't know that nobody was right or wrong in this instance. They did what they thought they had to do. It wasn't a slight on anybody. Nobody was mad at anybody. It kind of was what it was. But, you know, I can promise you, looking back on that, and that's, that's like the, the, the thing of today's show, that thought process for them probably started about halfway through the season. It's like, okay, most people, if you're – listen – if you haven't given the coaches and the people that run your teams at least a half a season to implement what they're trying to do before you make any judgments, then shame on you. Things don't always go as planned, folks. Managers get punched in the mouth all the time. You know, they, they come to the field. We come to the field with a plan all the time, and when it didn't work, it always seemed to cause, like, we never had any real problems, but that was when you'd get a few grumblings. You know, and it's like, well, I mean, I, I, I fully intended to do this, but then this happened, and da 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 da, right? So, you know, there's a variety of reasons why things wind up how they wind up, but again, I, I look back on that, and I think I guarantee you that it was probably about this point in the season where they started talking about, well, if we're going to do something, we're going to have to be prepared because tryouts are going to start. You know, and then people worry if they find out they're trying on. And I always told people, you don't have to hide it from me. Go ahead and tell me. That's all. I get it. But, you know, it's a tough thing. It really is. I've always, I've always looked at it and thought, in the end, people have to do what they think is best for them. You can't take it personally. You know, and, and again, it's, uh, I, I say that, but let me tell you something. When you're a coach, when you're a team manager, or you're somebody that, that, that does a lot, for other people and really if you're a coach or a team manager you probably are doing a lot to make this situation what it is it's hard sometimes not to take it personally now i say in one breath you have to not take it personally but it's hard not to you know i you know i again i always say it it sounds like i'm i'm i, I always say i talk a good game right like i i talk about things on this show of of Advice, never like, hey, do this, do this. It's advice, right? I talk about it, and I say that I distinctly remember when they let me know they weren't coming back, and I remember taking it personally. I remember thinking there was a part of me at first. It was like, are you kidding me? All I, you know, all I did was right. I remember that. I remember doing it, and then I remember thinking, you know. She did, you know, they didn't come right out and tell me that it was because they wanted to play shortstop. I had heard that from another parent, but I took what was in their email. They vaguely said that they thought that he'd that he'd get more opportunities. They they blamed it on playing his own age. So you know, but you sit there and go, well, man. I mean, what else do they want? I did this and I did that and I did this. And again, you take it personally. And then you know, when the smoke clears, you start looking back and you go, you know what? It's. <laughs> Everybody's got to do what they got to do, and you want everybody to be happy. And if you really care about them, then that's what you want is for them to be happy. You know, so there is no, you know, taking it personal is probably tough to not do, but take the advice. And if you can separate yourself, do so because people need to do what they need to do to be happy. Just like, you know, as a coach, sometimes that's a tough thing. I mean, I say that all the time too. As a coach, you know, you got to make sure, but, you know, when you make a commitment to people, you have to find a way sometimes to make things work. It's a lot easier, you know, if those are your parameters for people to walk away from a team than it is for a coach to say, hey, you're out. 
especially if you didn't from the beginning say this is a year to year thing. So that's, you know, that's always my thing. When people call me or text me, email me or whatever, give me situations, I always say, listen, I don't know what your situation is. I have no idea what your, you know, I have no idea what you were told. I have no idea what you signed. You know, there's contracts and player contracts and parent contracts and here's our mission statement. And, you know, that, that's always kills me. It always kills me when somebody goes and plays for an organization that has tryouts every year. And then when their kid doesn't make it, they're all upset and they think they got screwed over. And it's like, well, you signed up for this. You knew this was the deal. Believe me, if you're in a situation where it's tryouts every year, the whole point behind tryouts is they're trying to find somebody better than you all the time. That's the way of the world in competitive sports. You are always – the goal of a player is to not be replaced. Because they're always trying, they're trying to replace you at the big league level, the minor league level, the college level, the high school level. The youth level. That's the gist of that. The majority of the select teams are formed because kids didn't make this team, and then they think, "Well, we're going to put our own team together." Or my kid didn't play that. Da, 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 da. That's how that's how this thing grows, right? So it's an interesting thing. So, like I said, I mean, you know, ask yourself what you're asking yourself when you start making decisions about what's best for you and your family. And I always say it's a family decision too. That's another thing too. That happens. Hey guys, you know what? We did it this year, and you know what? It just turned out to be too much for us. And it's just, or you know, or, or hey, we were told this and we didn't do that. Those are that's a little bit different. Again, I always say it's a family decision. That's happened before too. People are like, "Listen, I, you know, I get, I, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, yeah, we just couldn't do it, you know." And I said, "Well, you knew they traveled a lot, yeah, but you know, I guess when you, when they say it, and you and you say, okay, we're going to go out of town, I, I guess until you actually do it, you don't realize how much time it is." And, oh, that's okay, it's fair. You know, they told you they were going to play out of town four or five times, and they went out of town four or five times, and then you said that's too much. Well, you agreed to it, but there's nothing wrong with after a season saying, "Look, after doing it, it's just too much." See, that's a family decision. That's a decision you have to make. Listen, money's important. Money plays a part. You know, there's. I saw a great article the other day that you know with Select Base. Uh, Keith Hernandez did a thing where he talked about youth baseball and his thoughts and things like that. And he said, absolutely, there's a lot of good players that are not getting the opportunities over money. Some people's families just can't afford to do the things that some of those other people are doing. That's a hard one, though, because I understood what he was saying, but you can't fault the people that do for saying, look, I, I want to do this. There's always to, to each his own type thing with this stuff, I think. But again, it's just some thoughts about how you're feeling. Um, I'd love to hear, like, if you want to send me in some, because I, I, again, I love these conversations that I have with you guys every week. If you have some situations and you and maybe you're questioning them in your heart or in your mind and you're like, am I crazy? But this is going on and this stuff like this. But again, you don't need me to justify what you're doing. Remember that. I'm not saying that. But yeah, if you need, you know, I'm happy to have conversations. My main reasoning is, is I love to have the conversations because I love to know what people are thinking. It always amazes me. Because it is, it's important. Listen, at the end, it is, it's important. You're going to have to figure out what's best for you and what's best for your family. So, again, that was really the topic today. How's your season going? You know, are you happy? Are you unhappy? The real question is look in the mirror and ask yourself if you're unhappy, why are you unhappy? 
Don't automatically go to somebody else. Start internally, then work your way out. And I think a lot of times that that happens. Be smart. Be the adult. Add two and two together and see what you get. Don't just make blanket assessments. Don't make blanket judgments. Because remember, the grass is not always greener. And I'll I never a truer statement. The grass is not always greener. All right, time to welcome in uh, one of my good friends and yours and a guy that you guys are enjoying very much. As you guys know, the show always brought to you by The Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com, as John Smoltz says. Everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so check out theropetrainer.com today. Let's hear from my man, Kurt McNabb, from Dirtbag Baseball Nation, as he's been handpicked by the boys over at The Rope Trainer to bring you this report each and every week. Time now for The Rope Report. Take it away, Kurt. Thanks, Jim. Let me say how sorry I was to hear about Tyler's injury. I, along with Braden and Nolan, hope his recovery goes well. And if you ever need anything, buddy, you know. Don't hesitate to call. All right, dirtbags. Last week, I was talking about being open-minded on the Rope Report. And I said I'd be talking about our core values on this week's episode. So here we go. We focus on six core values with every player we work with in order to reach your full potential. Now, I'm going to take you through them as if you or your son or your player on your team is focusing on pitching. So here we go. One, you need motivation. Your personal reasons for wanting to become a major league pitcher. Two, your mindset. You know how much I am on the mindset. It's your specific thoughts and emotions that happen before, during, and after every pitch in a game, a bullpen, or any other pitching-related activity you do or training. Three, trust network only includes the people completely or sorry that you completely trust and believe that are presently committed to helping you reach your goals and who you know will continue to help develop you in order to reach your full pitching potential that's your trust network four compete with confidence now this core value often gets taken for granted but it can't You must develop a specific mindset that allows you to compete consistently and never doubt yourself no matter what environment or situation you're in. Five, process. This is your specific action frame or frames you must do every time you pitch or are working on a pitching-related activity. Six, it's your personal pitching skill set. Yes, again, it's your pitching skill set. Yours personally, not compared to anybody else, yours and yours alone, that allows you to get hitters out consistently. These core values can't be taught or learned all at the same time, but they can be taught and learned over time if you have the desire, the determination, and the dedication to become a major league pitcher. The reason it's important to think MLB is because you have to think this way if you have any chance of becoming an MLB pitcher. Yes, it's obviously very tough to become an NL or major league pitcher, but it's not impossible. With the right mindset, the emotional desire, a game plan, and a trusted network to help you. That's why they're in professional baseball, those pitchers. The minute you put limitations on yourself, your son or daughter, or your players, you've already given yourself reasons and them reasons or excuses of why you can't 
or didn't become a major league pitcher. This thinking is absolutely necessary whether you are eight years old, you're presently on a major league roster, or anywhere in between. These core values have to be. We get so many players that are referred to us by their summer coaches because they struggled immensely in their first year of college and they've returned home in a terrible state of mind. I'll ask them, how did your season go? To break the ice, simply to break the ice. And they are so focused in such a bad mindset of what they perceive the problem is that the most common answer is, my college coach ruined the game for me. My college coach ruined the game for me. This is not reality. I believe that it is their perception and it is how they feel. So we talk about it. We gather honest information about what their mindset is about the situation. And by the time we're done, it ends up being that they, as well as their parents, really had no real understanding of how college baseball works and how college baseball coaches get to become and stay college baseball coaches. Once we've got this understanding and knowledge and trust between us started to build, then we go ahead and we rebuild them into a complete pitcher, mentally, emotionally, and physically for the first time in their career, or they wouldn't be coming to us in the first place if they were already in this position. We understand that every player is unique, so we never put a timeline on how quickly you should go through this process. This is where parents and coaches can become hazardous, though, to their development. And you know why. They get involved, and, and they shouldn't at this point in time. It's, 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 oh, it's so vital that you allow your son to go through this process. They have to go through this program. It's for them to learn, for them to get the knowledge, for them to get the emotional understandings, for us to be able to communicate that we've been there. We've been in those situations. That's why we're doing this. We felt that same thing on the mound that they felt or have felt in the past, why they were successful and why they were negative so they can come through this dark time and move forward. But it has to be them. And that's where the parents and the coaches get too involved sometimes. All right. So you have to listen to me and you have to stay out of that process. All right. We have programs that can help you as parents or coaches go through this. So you get the perspective, you get the understanding from the player's point of view or your son's point of view. So then it can help you. But again, time and time again, you're just, you're too hands on and you've got to pull back. All right, now I'm going to stop here because I don't want to overwhelm you. So if you have any questions about this at all, please contact me to find out more about this play, uh, about this program. Sorry. All right, if we can't get your mind right, then the emotional and physical, or sorry, if we can get your mind right, if we can get your mind right, then the emotional and the physical sides will fall right into place. Remember, dirtbags, knowledge is power. You've heard me talk about it before. Knowledge is power. This is another way. This is the program that gives you the knowledge. 
And that means there's no stupid questions. You've got to reach out. Don't sit there and want to explore this. Don't sit there and want to contact us or someone and don't do it because you feel embarrassed or you feel inferior. Don't. Don't. You need to contact us. That's what we do. We help you through this. So it's a great journey. It's a fun journey. It's an exhilarating journey. It's a passionate journey and it's an accomplishable journey. Dirtbags, you know what I always say. Get up, get after it, and let's get dirty. Good stuff, good stuff, my man. And again, I appreciate him. Um, I love talking baseball with Kurt because, you know, sometimes you find yourself, and this is a show typically where if I don't have a guest, I'm kind of just talking by myself. It's interesting to talk baseball sometimes with people that deal with other people because you sometimes wonder, am I crazy? Am I right? Am I doing this? And it's, it's not even about being right, but that's why I love my conversations with Kirk. I think everybody loves his passion. Again, uh, baseball for some people t- truly is a labor of love, and it's a labor of love for a guy like Kirk. That's why I enjoy him so much. And again, make sure you check out the ropetrainer.com, and of course, check out Dirtbag Baseball Nation and all the cool things Kirk's got going. Uh, another gentleman who I could talk baseball with all all day, all night, and again, I'm looking forward to seeing him some this summer. Is my good friend Justin Stone, uh, EliteBaseball.tv, best ninety nine dollars you ever spend, folks. Make sure you check it out, EliteBaseball.tv. Let's see what they have for us this week, as you know, it's something good. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv, and the tip of the week this week is how to keep youth players active and participating in the game while on the bench. And so, so often, there's a negative connotation. You know, we have 11 players on our team, Johnny has to sit out a couple innings a game, and their brain shuts off and they take themselves out of the game for two innings, and then in the fourth and fifth inning, they go back in the game, and they're no longer at their same performance level. And the reason is, it's tough to get back that heightened level of concentration once our brain is completely shut off and we're on autopilot, chilling on the bench with our friends, eating cookies and drinking Gatorade. So what can we do in order to keep our players active into the game? It's so important for us, and one of the hardest things to do as a baseball coach, as a dad, what you're trying to do with your youth players is get them to watch the game and absorb information from it. Usually the only time they're really into the game is when they're participating, and that's either as a pitcher, defensive player, or when they're up to the plate. But we can learn so much about the game by just observing. So if we can keep our kids active and observing, in those couple innings that they're sitting out, then we're going to get a lot more baseball IQ, acumen out of our players, and we're going to get a higher level of concentration once they get back in the game. So here's some things you can do. Number one, pitch counts are a big thing in youth baseball. So whether you're using the game changer device or the old manual pitch counter, make sure one of your players on the bench is doing this and not a parent. This gets them into the game. Hopefully your younger players know how to keep score, and if they don't, teach them how to do it. And that pitch counter gives them a responsibility. We know pitch count is a big deal for youth players. So it gives them a higher level of responsibility at that point. Trying to pick up, if we have a pitcher on the mound that that we do have leadoffs and steals, have one person designed or designated just to try to figure out the pitcher's move to first base. He's going to have the stopwatch. He'll have the time of the pitcher's move to home. Trying to figure out if he's a one-look or two-look guy at second base. Even at 11 and 12-year-old baseball, of course, these pitchers get into a routine, but that's something we can actively teach our young players to do, give them that responsibility. We also have players that are designated to warm up the outfielders, helping out on infield between innings. 
those th pieces of the game are still important and it keeps your players active. One that I used to do that I like, and this is a little bit of a higher level, uh, I used to relay the opposing pitching coach's signs into my hitters. In majority of the time as a high school coach, which I spent a couple years doing, I think I had the opposing pitching coach's signs about 90% of the time. It was pretty well understood that I was a sign picker and it got, got around the conference or the league. And so people would try to do different things or see me peeking in their dugout and get upset, you know, just normal baseball stuff. But most of the time I'd pick the signs in the first inning. So what I ended up doing is I'd pick the signs in the first inning. And by the way, coaches, if you're going to actually have a pitching coach sitting on the bucket, relaying in signs, I'll tell you 90% of this time, it was a hat was the indicator or one sign after the indicator. Indicator was the first sign to touch or it was actually first touch. It was like three out of four or more times than that, that was the signs. Like if you're not going to disguise your signs any better than that, I am going to pick them. Like you're just giving them to me right here. But of course, they'd see me picking my, or see me peeking into the dugout and be upset. So what I do, I figured it out, and I gave it to a player on the bench, and he relayed the signs into the batters the entire game using the system that we did. They never even knew that I was doing it anymore because I wasn't. And that game, that player has a really important role. So now we're relaying in the signs to the hitter each time. That guy feels like he's a big part of why we're scoring 10 runs here in the game. And that was a, a very good way to keep a player active and into the game. Then, the, you know, the, the, the idea of picking signs, that's one small piece of the game. Um, controversial or not, it goes on at every level and somebody's oftentimes designated to do it. But having the players on the bench try to do that on their own, that, that's kind of a fun game to play. That, that, whether it's the third base coach, somebody looking into the dugout for a pitching coach's signs, you'd be surprised how savvy your players get at that. And whether you agree with my philosophy that that is part of the game or not, as I said, it goes on at every level, but it's also a way to keep your players engaged into what's going on. So there's several instances there that we can keep our players active while they're on the bench, have them feel part of the team, giving them little challenges throughout the game, and then making sure that their level of concentration stays high when they get back into the game, you know, that, that youth level of baseball when they're rotating in and out. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. Until next week, we'll see you on the field. Good stuff. Great stuff. Awesome stuff. And again, um, I love those guys up there, man. Travis Kerber, Justin Stone, they do such a great job. And again, they've helped people, I, I was going to say all over the country, but it's now all over the world. Do yourself a favor. Go type EliteBaseball.tv into the Google search. Click on it when you find it. I'm telling you. You'll enjoy it. If you don't, I would love for one person out there to check it out and send me something and say, "Ah, I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation with about it." I know that's never happened. Most people are like, "Man, I love it. I love, love, love it." Check it out, man. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to do it for us this week. Uh, remember, youthbaseballtalk.com. Subscribe to the show. Do your shopping through Amazon there and help us out. We'd appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Facebook, simply type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page. Please, please invite all your friends involved in youth baseball to like our page as well. Find us on Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk. And again, special thanks to lineupmedia.fm for all their continued support. Uh, we love being a part of their network. We love Yo Radio. We love what's going on with Yo Radio. Um, I'll be so excited when, excited when the baseball station's done and we're a part of that great community as well. Again, I really encourage you, go download Yo Radio. It's free. Leave them a review. They've earned it. They take your entertainment time very seriously. 
And again, um, Brian Kroc, Andrew Allen, thanks for all you do behind the scenes. And of course, to Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, John Smoltz, everybody over at the Rope Trainer, I thank you so much for your continued support. Of course, Phil and Dirk Dombrowski over at uh, PrecisionImpact.ca, thank you so much as well. Um, couldn't do the show without you guys, EliteBaseball.tv, and of course, Dirtbag Baseball Nation. You guys have a good weekend. I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.